on this episode of Obscure Obsessions. Nothing screams villainy like brown leather suits. If you were to just Google images from this episode, you would be wondering why they're on the set of a high school play. <laughs> and so Batman arrives and he formally challenges the Joker to a surfing contest. <laughs> I mean, this is really dialogue that was exchanged on national television. <laughs> Kawabunga! And now, here are your hosts. Holy villainy, Batman! Welcome back to another episode of Obscure Obsessions. It's great to have you here with us. I am Nick Zaccario, your host, and I am joined, as always, by my cousin and co-host, Taylor Zaccario. Kawabunga! Kawabunga! <laughs> you might say we're partners in crime in this particular instance. In this dastardly scheme a, at the beach. A wonderful day in Gotham Harbor! On today's episode, we're going to be diving deep as we're hitting the beach, pack your sunscreen, pack your beach ball, and pack your hot dog walkie-talkies, because <laughs> we're taking a look at one of the greatest episodes and from craziest. the 1966 Adam West Batman series. Surfs up, Joker's under. Has to be among the craziest things ever conceived, ever written, and certainly ever acted. And it's so wonderfully crazy. And uh, before we go any further, we have to make this disclaimer. Do not judge the entire series based on this one episode. Now, it's strange because this episode both epitomizes everything that's great about the Adam West Batman series, yet and is everything also... wrong with it. Yeah, it's also the real bottom of the barrel. Adam West, I was reading on um, IMDb, Consider this the worst episode of the series. I disagree. I really? think the episode Nora Clavicle, where it's about women's lib and they're making fun of women's lib in a really uncomfortable way if you're living oh, in 2021. Oh, you're right. I, I do remember and, this. And Batman is like the Pied Piper leading the bombs that are mice, right. robotic <laughs> mice, out of Gotham City. But there's also the episode where he's forced to dance. I forget which one that is. Well, there's the famous Batusi, but that's oh. in the pilot. There's also the Joker's flying saucer, where the Joker builds a flying saucer <laughs> in order to take over Gotham City. But we'll get to that. We'll because get to those. As crazy as those are, they're not nearly as this crazy as this one. This one I still think is the craziest, but is still good in its own strange way. So yeah. bat, yeah. it has its own bat charm. Yeah, but own it also charm. I think stumbles over itself a number of times. Yeah. Well, he, he, let's give a little background first on our connection to Batman. Mm -hmm. Now, the way Nick was obsessed with uh, Jurassic Park 3 or Scooby-Doo, the way Nick knows all the Scooby-Doos, yeah. when I was a kid, I was a insane, quite scary lunatic about <laughs> the Adam West Batman, really the movie. Right. Because when I was a kid, the only thing you could really find was the Batman... 66 movie batman mm. the movie which is sort of that's almost the apex of the form i would recommend if you're interested in this series actually start with the movie it's a good introduction to the rest of the series but the series because of a, a bunch of rights issues involving i think cbs and music was never ever released on dvd until what 2015 probably around then and at least when i was a kid i couldn't ever find it ever on tv like, they would show it, but it was always... I always missed it, or they didn't show it a lot. And mm -hmm. I was determined, because I watched the Batman movie hun literally hundreds of times, where I knew every line, and it was it was scary. Right. <laughs> when I was in the fifth grade, I printed out pictures of Batman from the internet with the villains and pasted it on my notebook for Mrs. Kudrick's fifth grade class, <laughs> like a mental patient. Now, I was fortunate in that when I was obsessed with Batman, the intranet had just sort of become a thing that we had in our house. Right, it was more accessible. And I would stalk the internet looking for Batman fan message boards. <laughs> now, do you remember message boards? This is a very old-fashioned the, sentence. They're like, um, what's that called? Blogs? Yeah, but what's that thing called where people go on to it and post stuff? Reddit. Oh, okay. It's, they were like Reddits. And I found a guy on one of these message boards who, if you sent in some money, he would make essentially a VHS mixtape of requested Batman episodes. Oh. And so I wrote in, I think four times I did this, and got back these 
copies of the Batman TV show that he had recorded off of his TV. Really? And I have a picture. I will, when you see this, I'll probably post it on Instagram. <laughs> and so I had these tapes of the Adam West Batman show that were these mixtapes, not knowing, of course, how the Batman series was structured. I was filled with very Pure joy, very foreign feelings of happiness and excitement when the series finally came out. Yeah, it's a wonderful set to own because the three seasons that are out, you know, each episode's 25 minutes right. and oftentimes a episode will be a two-parter. So you'll get... For season one and two. You'll get uh, whatever villain they're facing off. Maybe it's Ma Parker. Maybe it's Egghead. Maybe it's Clock King. <laughs> Maybe it's King Tut, who is a professor who, when he gets knocked on the head, thinks he's King Tut. <laughs> there were so many crazy... There was Louis the Lilac. Who, oh, Bookworm. Bookworm. I love Bookworm. Love Bookworm. His schemes revolved around books. And oftentimes, which, Batman and Robin got trapped inside of the books. And he was dressed in brown leather. <laughs> and nothing screams villainy. Like brown leather suits. So you could follow the formula of the way each episode was going to go if you've seen one of them. Yeah, because here's the background on Batman 66. Ran for three seasons. It was immensely popular, and it ran two nights a week. Mm -hmm. It would be on Wednesday nights and Thursday nights. At the end of the Wednesday episode... It was a preview for... But Batman and Robin were in some kind of situation... Much like Cliffhanger on Between the Lions. Right. Where they didn't know how were they going to escape. Sometimes they'd be put over a vat of boiling water. Sometimes they'd be slingshot into outer space. Sometimes they're being buried by a in tiger. Sand. Oh, that's right. They were Catwoman, I think, the, <laughs> the tiger. <laughs> and then episode two would come on Thursdays. And, of course... They'd automatically get out of it. Because they couldn't... They, the show was way too popular. Now, season one... Had 34 episodes. Which is already insane. Which most seasons, uh, particularly at that time, were like 20 episodes. Mm -hmm. Season two. Any guess about season two? I think it was like 68, You're right? Close. 60. Wow. Now, those two seasons, Batman became so overexposed. And the truth is, the Batman series had a very... Its gimmick wore itself out. Mm -hmm. So by the end of season two, its popularity was... What's the opposite of skyrocketing? The, whatever the opposite it was, was downfall. It was down. It was free falling. And at the end of season two, they cut the budget. And season three now was only one episode a week. Oh, that makes sense now. Yeah, the budget was severely cut, and we'll mm -hmm. talk about yes, how that's noticeable. Yes. And then they added because they, they thought, how are we going to get more attention to the show? Let's get a hot woman in here, right? Because Adam West. He's under a cowl a lot. He's a handsome gentleman. Mm -hmm. So they bring in Yvonne. But Bruce Wayne's not in these episodes often. Not often. They bring in Yvonne Craig as Batgirl, who had been like in a bunch of Elvis movies, and it was in one, a couple of the Beach Party movies. Did nothing, and the series died a very... Painful death. Painful death. Now, what most people I don't think know about Batman is the tone. Most people think watch and think, oh, this is silly, or it's bad. It was supposed to be silly. It was supposed to be comedic. Particularly if you watched the first season, it was supposed to be comedic. Like, I think the easy way to look at this is to objectively say this is really corny because it's of the 60s era. Well, but I also feel like, you know, this is still when television is booming and there's still a lot of bad things out in the world happening wasn't vietnam well, well you're, beginning? you're right because really and now i'm gonna get really english major <laughs> on you the series particularly in the first season was a satire of 1960s counterculture oh and okay. the conflicts between the eisenhower generation of the 50s and the hippies of the 60s mm -hmm. batman and robin are the 50s they're square they're boring. They don't want to have any fun at all. They're very serious. Right. And they're coming into conflict with the colorful, fun-loving, free-love villains who are the hippies. Got so it. So the initial series is the parody of those two cultures. It's like a big, elaborate, odd couple. Right. And it was initially a very well-written, intelligent satire that adults liked on one level for the jokes and then kids liked for the pow-pow-zam. Right. Right. However, as time went on, the villains got more outlandish, 
The I mean, story's got more outlandish. You've heard of King Tut. Uh, we forgot to really dive into who Ma Parker is. Ma Parker is a parody of Ma Barker, the famous gun uh, with like a Bonnie and Clyde. Type. Right, but except she's old and right, she's, she's in a play- wheelchair. Right, she's played by Shelley Winters, who <laughs> some of you might know for her swimming skills in the Poseidon Adventure. But the humor is very subtle, particularly in the beginning. And I can't remember what episode it is, and we talk about this a lot. But it's where Batman and Robin <laughs> it makes me laugh are chasing i think it's the joker like a car chase <laughs> there's a there's a a, re, a red light oh yeah 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 and the joker goes through he blows it. the red light and the batmobile comes to a stop and robin says but batman the joker's getting away and batman turns in <laughs> and goes robin the first lesson of any crime fighter is you must obey the traffic laws <laughs> and and robin goes gee whiz batman you're right <laughs> you know, it's just that that for me. I gotta find out what episode that is. But that epitomizes the kind of very deadpan Stuff humor that it was originally going. That for. It was supposed to be. It was supposed to be making fun also of the comic books at the time. Were not the grizzled Joaquin Phoenix, uh, Christopher, what's his name, Nolan. Christopher Nolan films. I think they were kind of silly at the and time. And I think too that what really kind of grinds my gears is people who only prefer. Batman as this dark noir type of... I agree. You know, Batman is a dumb concept. <laughs> I, I hate to break it to you guys, but it's it's silly and it's ridiculous. And it, it, the thing that's fun about Batman should be is that you can have both versions. And in fact, today we do. We have the serious... Well, right now we're, we don't know if it's Batman. Well, Ben Affleck is still going to be in the... Mm-hmm. And then you also had like the Lego Batman. Right. Where it was... So kind Batman, of, it's kind of paying homage to that. Yeah, so Batman... Is an interesting character in that he can coexist. Right. Now, as we get closer to talking about this this episode, let's talk about season three, budget was cut. And it is so, so, so Most noticeable. Most notably in the sets. I think that... And the sharks. <laughs> and the background uh, rear projection of, <laughs> of surfing and ocean and waves. If you were to just Google images from this episode, Surf's Up, Joker's Under, you would be wondering why they're on the set of a high school play <laughs> that's a great that's a great everything looks so incredibly fake the set see, season one and two you'd have real sets season three if you're having a living room you'd have a couch a chair maybe a door maybe a, a wall with a door right and everything else is a background yeah you, you know it's like a, a black background yeah there's a set in this episode that we'll get to and it is the, essentially the teen hangout bar. And it's basically a room that is in a giant circle with black curtains yeah. and a few like hanging picture frames. And you it's know, embarrassing. But you know what? It's also the kind sto- of fun, though. The story is so ridiculous <laughs> that the ridiculousness of the set design... Right, it kind of it overlooks kind of, that. It kind of in a str- not all the episodes in season three. No. Are, some are really, really embarrassing. But like the one with where they where they're with the flying saucer is really or the one bad. where they're marching the the robotic mice out of Gotham. <laughs> like they're supposed to be walking through the streets of Gotham, and it looks like someone drew with chalk the outline right. of like you know buildings. A and city. Stuff. I'm trying to think if there's any other thing that we should say to prepare the audience. The, it's not the defining episode of the Adam West Batman Absolutely. series, and like I like we said. I would say start with the movie and then go through the first season. The first season, every episode is really pretty good. Mm-hmm. The sillier ones, as it gets you know later into the series, there's enough enjoyment in every single episode. Right. And I feel like almost in a way that the as the series goes on and, as you said, the quality dips, yeah. somehow there's more enjoyment in it, too, because... Because of how silly it is. I mean, there's a villain whose modus operandi is to have a pipe that causes <laughs> fog to pour out. But the other thing is, the acting is always good, in the main cast, at least. The, the, the actor, like, Cesar Romero is still one of my favorite Jokers. And he... They always it, commit right. It. Everyone commits, even when it's the dumbest thing that they have to do. So let's let's get into the episode. Okay. We begin at Gotham Point, which first of all is supposed to be the beach. Now, Gotham City, I always thought, is New York. Or New Jersey, actually. Because in the Zack Snyder verse, it's technically in New Jersey. There's a map. Right. 
but the beach of Gotham Point is very clearly California. Yeah, it's about as California as you can get. And we meet Skip Parker, who is the hottest wave jockey around, who's riding out the soup. And Skip Parker is the greatest surfer in all of Gotham City. (laughs) The thing that's kind of fun about Batman episodes is that they always introduce someone at the very beginning of each episode as the greatest something. Right. There was a great chef in one episode. There's the one episode, I forget who the villain is, but the scheme is they're going to suck the talent out of this band. Oh, oh my God. That's that's a real band. And it's a real band. Something in Jeremy. Yeah, I know who it's, I... It's Catwoman. Oh, you're right. It's Catwoman because they have the... Okay, so that's another episode. So Skip Parker, he's riding out the soup. And by the way, if you want to hear endless surfing terms and surfing lingo... Watch this episode. Look no further. Because literally every line involves some kind of... And that was the other thing that a little bit put me out of it. We're not even in the episode yet. I'm already... <laughs> is that all the characters talk like how I imagine surfers in California to talk. Yeah. I don't know any surfing, uh, anything about it. So (laughs) I don't know if they talk differently. Maybe they all talk the same West Coast or East Coast. I don't know. But Skip Parker is riding it out, and he's being watched by his, his beach bunny, Barbara Gordon, who is wearing, of course, a... a, a, Very revealing Because we need ratings. (laughs) And we have two big ways of getting it. Yeah. (laughs) As they're enjoying the, the fun in the sun, someone shows up in the at the at the Hang Five, the surfer's hideout, in his Joker mobile. Right now, keep in mind this is supposed to be an inconspicuous vehicle. <laughs> this is the clown prince of crime, and he's arriving in a convertible. Essentially, it's a dune buggy that's painted purple, <laughs> and everyone in the car has shirts on that have their evil names. And it is, it is that jesting Jack Straw, the Joker, on the scene. <laughs> And he goes and he's communicating with his... Always in these episodes, they had some other attractive woman as like a villain sidekick. Right, a villainess. A villainess. And and this episode, they had an, a- an actress who was actually Miss Sweden. Who oh, Who plays okay. a character named Undine. And Joker contacts Undine using a walkie-talkie... That's that is, shaped like a hot dog. And they find out that the coast is clear for them to go into the Hang Five. It's like a... It's supposed to be like a malt shop or yeah, like, like a... Yeah, a, a surfer hangout. Yeah, essentially a, just a, a teen club. And Joker and his henchmen kidnap Hot Dog Harrigan. <laughs> oh, that's right. I forgot about this guy. Now, Hot Dog Harrigan has to be at least like 60 years old. And he's mending a surfboard. And Joker's two male henchmen are Riptide, Riptide and... Wipeout. <laughs> And they kidnap Hot Dog Harrigan by, by throwing a bag over his head. A bag that isn't... It's cl- not closed. No, it, it, instead it looks like a giant sweater. <laughs> the bag basically goes over his head and falls down to his feet. <laughs> and they drag him out. Why do they do this? Because they're going to use his surf shop as their lair. Why he's hanging out, fixing a surfboard at a malt shop, I don't know. <laughs> But they kidnap him and they stick him into a trash can. <laughs> and there's a recurring joke that Commissioner Gordon and uh, Chief, Chief O'Hara, O'Hara. O'Hara hears the banging of the trash can. And Commissioner Gordon shows just how incredible he is at his job by saying, No, O'Hara, that's just the echo of the waves. It's just the motion of the ocean, O'Hara. <laughs> and so following the kidnapping of Hot Dog Harrigan, Undine, Miss Sweden lures Skip Parker away from the lovely Barbara Gordon back to the Hang Five, where he goes to answer the phone, but the phone has been rigged by the Joker with, you know, one of those, some, like, sort of some smoke. kind of smoke gas that knocks him out. And we hear from the Joker, the fir- they very slowly in this episode tease out what the Joker's grand scheme is. And by slowly we mean tell you within <laughs> the first two minutes. And he says, after I've gotten rid of Batman and Robin for good, I will rule the waves. Me, the Joker, king of the surf and all the surfers. <laughs> then Gotham City. Later, the world! And then it cuts, <laughs> to, it cuts to the credits. I really don't understand why he kidnapped Hot Dog Harrigan. I guess just for his... I guess to get him out of the way. Yeah, for his... But I don't know what that has to do with taking the talent out of Skip Parker. Right. Well, we haven't gotten to that. So, after the credits, Barbara Gordon, who's still hanging out on the beach waiting for Skip to come back. Right. Uh, maybe she went to get some hot dogs. Or, or, or a nice malted. She sees the Joker leave because the Joker is in a Joker mobile. 
who obviously should be in jail because he's the Joker. But no one in this movie is, is quick to, or in this movie, this episode is quick to make arrests. No. They really are waiting for beyond probable Yeah, what, we'll get to that too because the level of deduction in this episode in particular is real low. So Barbara contacts her father, Commissioner Gordon, and Commissioner Gordon contacts Batman, Batman and Robin, Robin, of course. And the person who I do think, before I forget, gets the short shrift in this episode is Alfred. Where did he go? Alfred has one very important and insanely stupid part later on, <laughs> but we'll get to that. So Batman and Robin, they know there's trouble afoot at Gotham Point. So they're going to take the Batcopter down right. to the island. And this has one of my absolute favorite exchanges. Oh. Do you remember the exchange? Well, I was going to say, already I was laughing hard before the credits. Yeah. But you see the Batcopter flying over the beach. <laughs> now it zooms in, stupidly, right. because it's not Adam it, West and Burt Ward. And it's instead some grizzled <laughs> Navy retiree. Some South California ex-marine who's getting a little extra bucks by driving a helicopter. But they have to be dressed up in those costumes and you can clearly tell their lips are not moving. <laughs> They're not even looking at each other. And there's a scene later on where the Joker surfs. And it's clearly not Cesar no, Romero, no, 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 who no. must have been in his, like, 60s at that point. <laughs> right. But the dialogue between that scene where their lips are not moving is, is hilarious. Robin says, if we land on the beach, Batman, we might hurt someone. And Batman says, and cause undue attention, old chum. We'll set down in Pelican Point and go down the beach like two ordinary citizens. <laughs> now, Batman and Robin are dressed as Batman and Robin. And they don't want to cause any undue stress, but he's dressed like a bat. <laughs> That is another good example of the humor of the, that Batman is, is totally oblivious to the fact <laughs> that he is dressed like a bat. Well, I also think we breezed over something that yeah. is one of my favorite parts of any Batman episode. Chief O'Hara and Commissioner Gordon are perhaps my two favorite characters in every episode. Oh, yeah, definitely. Because... These are supposed to be the highest-ranking police officials right, in Gotham well, City. Well, this happens after this scene. Are you talking about where they arrive at the beach? Well, that's great. <laughs> but I just want to mention that yeah. they are the most inept and just worst examples of police officials. If the police have a bad rap today. They should have met <laughs> Chief O'Hara and Commissioner Gordon they because were. their first instinct, Batman will do it. Right. We got to call Batman. The, the the problem at the beach is that the greatest surfer in Gotham City has disappeared. And rather than having even a regular plainclothes officer show up, they no. call Batman and Robin. Yeah. One guy who is dressed as a bat. Let's not forget, they feel that they need to get in on the action. Right. So, so their next plan of action is that they have to go to the Hang Five, which is the teen bar, but they have to dress up because they can't be seen as the police commissioner. Well, they're undercovered. Their costume is they wear bathing trunks, pink and, and uh, green sunglasses, and big wicker hats. Right. <laughs> no, that's, that's inconspicuous. And they assume the identities of Duke and Buzzy <laughs> as their code names. And when O'Hara first hears this, he goes... Buzzy? That's not my name. <laughs> Remember, we're talking about that band, the, the the Something in Deans. There's also that other band in the episode who are like singing on the, right. on the beach. <laughs> so the, the Joker has a rock band? And we know they're Joker's rock band because they have green hair. <laughs> and O'Hara goes, well, I've heard... I can't do an accent. I've heard of long-haired musicians. I've never heard of green ones. Maybe they've got some connection with the Joker. <laughs> really, Chief? <laughs> Thanks for that deduction there, Sherlock. <laughs> and so Batman and Robin arrive, and, and they go into the Hang Five where Buzzy and Duke, Duke, a.k.a. Commissioner Gordon, later played by Gary Oldman. <laughs> and when they come in, there's a bunch of women in bikinis and guys dancing. All the guys pretty much have shirts on. Yeah. Skip Parker, by the way, not the most felt looking and we'll get to we'll get to his actual line delivery in a little bit they come in and the teens look and this is another example of culture difference between Mm -hmm. yeah because they come in batman and robin and this one girl looks at batman and go dig the grimmies and (laughs) And batman's confused by that what does that mean grimmies and and robin goes no compliment beach bums should have worn our baggies I'd also like to mention, too, that the thing that makes the Robin character so funny is that 
He's the boy wonder, right? He's going to be about 25, 26 yeah, at this point. It's the same equivalent as Chris O'Donnell in the Val Kilmer and George Clooney ones. But at where least it's in like, that one, he's like out of college or out of high school. That's in the true. series, Burt Ward's supposed to be in high school. Right. He's like, I'm a freshman. <laughs> and they sit down and they talk to uh, Gorin and O'Hara and they, they warn Batman and Robin that they've been told by Barbara that they need to keep an eye on the girl behind the counter. Which Batman says, you mean the one talking to her hot dog? Chief O'Hara and Commissioner Gordon then look to see the villainess, Undine, who is working with the Joker. And she is talking into the hot dog, which is a (laughs) walkie-talkie. And they are baffled. Complete with with mustard. Huh. They are shocked. And not once do they ever think, maybe I should question that person talking to a hot dog. (laughs) Never once. We then cut to a very pivotal scene (laughs) in the surf shop, which, by the way, the surf shop is called the Ten Toes. Remember that. It's important. Ten Toes. Oh, my God. You're right. I just realized. Where the Joker has a new invention called the Surfing Experience and Ability Transferometer. (laughs) And we learn that the Joker's plan is to drain Skip Parker's powers, his surfing powers, in order to win... The surfing championship of Gotham Point, where only will he win the prizes, the honor, the envy, and the respect and adulation of all the surfers, but they'll become his followers and his worshippers, and they will help him to take over Gotham City, to plunder and pillage, but all they need to do is drain the powers, essentially make Joker the greatest surfer Surfer in Gotham City. Now, I would like to point out this is essentially the Monstars plot from Space Jam. Oh my. You know what? I was thinking, an, what does this remind me it's of? It's an You're object, right. right? In that movie, it's a basketball. It's in this, it's the transferometer. Which is basically a, a metal box with like party hats. <laughs> like it's attached like string to party also, hats. Anytime in any Batman episode where they're talking about gadgets or whatever, it's always labeled in huge text. Right. Huge. So, the surfing experience and ability transferometer is all over this freaking box. <laughs> now that we, now we know what Joker's plan is. Right. And we cut back to the Batcave where... And it's a very strange scene because I... I completely forgot about this I part. almost feel like part of it had to have been cut out because it's so abrupt. Yeah. The back computer... <laughs> I'm just remembering it now. The back computer has printed out a photograph, a slide, a bat slide they're called. Right. Not to be confused with the bat poles. Right. But a bat slide. You know, like those, you know, they were old slides. Yeah, right? the slide projector. Of two naked feet. <laughs> and Batman manages to deduce from the ten naked feet the name of Joker's hideout, the Ten Toes. Now, often in Batman episodes, mostly with the Riddler, the Riddler would tell some riddle, which the one writer, Lorenzo Sample, would literally take from his daughter's riddle book, from like mm-hmm. a little kid's book. Why did the chicken cross the road? And Batman would be able to deduce, oh, he was on his way to the United World Organization in order to murder the president of Uzbekistan. <laughs> like, Batman would always ma- extrapolate these oh, yeah. massive conclusions. One of the things that's so great about the Adam West series is Batman's ability to monologue even after they have been almost killed multiple times. Or when they were shot out of the sky in the movie and they land on a mattress store. Right. <laughs> where they weren't hurt. hurt. So Batman and Robin have deduced from this slide of two naked feet where the Joker is located. And we come to the scene that would normally be the midpoint between episode one and two and two. But because they've lost money and they're not doing those longer episode two parts anymore. Instead, they come to the the Joker's lair, the surf shop, Mm -hmm. and they jump through the window. (laughs) <laughs> but the Joker and his assistants are ready because they have the spines of poisonous sea urchins, right? Yes. And they throw them into Batman and Robin, these these spines, to which Robin exclaims, holy pincushion. <laughs> and Batman says, after he's just been stabbed with like a dozen or so spines. Right. Obviously spines from a sea animal of the endoderm family, Robin. <laughs> the poison can be counteracted if we immediately soak our bodies uh, in hot water and Epsom salts. Epsom salts. <laughs> I mean, this is really dialogue that was exchanged on national television. (laughs) 
the, I'm pretty sure the Vietnam War is raging <laughs> in Asia right now. And this kind of silliness is going on. But describe the setting, because this is a good example of that minimalist. Do you remember how it looks? Yeah. So we're still in the Hang Five. Which is no, we're in. Oh, uh, you're right. We're in Tentos. It's um, easy to get mistaken because they're all, they're literally the same set, but right. they've turned the door around. I I can't exaggerate this enough. It essentially looks like if you went to a big warehouse and there was a wall length black curtain that was draped along the entire background, and this window that Batman and Robin walk up to is essentially in the middle of the room. <laughs> It's not connected to any other wall. It's just a window in the middle of the room. And it really is like a suggestion of a window in a high school play. It kind of reminded me of like Strange Interludes, the O'Neill play, where it's supposed to be like a minimalist, expressionistic right. set, which works on a theater stage where you have to fill in the blanks. Yeah. This is very... This is not O'Neill, by no. the way. Don't, no, I don't no, want no, you, no, I don't want you to think Eugene O'Neill, the writer of Long Day's Journey Tonight, scripted <laughs> this. would be pissed. Yeah. So this window is just... It's like floating in the middle of this black curtain. <laughs> it's a Batman window without Rob, a. W- Batman and Robin walk up to it, and you can see them walk out of frame into frame from the window. It's a window without a wall. Exactly. And it's like that with the doorway that's directly next to it, too. This episode has such bad set design, and it is like this for. A lot of season three. Oh, I think all of season three. Everything, even real locations, look fake. Because it's just, it's sort of like they had, like, been told the day before, the set designers were like, all right, you have five minutes, make a wall. Here's a dollar. And by the way, in my notes, I have Batman and Robin, and in parentheses, their stunt doubles jump through the windows. Right. (laughs) Because it's clearly also not... Oh, and it's great because, once again, they do such a bad job at disguising these stunt doubles. And here here we come to what would be the episode break, but it's all squeezed together. The the spines, the quills, I guess, whatever you call it. Yeah, they get knocked out and... They get paralyzed. Right. Excuse me. And do you remember what... Well, (laughs) here's what happens. (laughs) They wake up and they are strapped to a device... Like two, like, operating table type things. And the Joker is going to spray them with foam, and then they are going to be turned into surfboards. Batman and Robin are going to be encased in fiberglass (laughs) and then used as surfboards. Now, it's hilarious because they're being shot with this foam, and it's starting to cover their legs, and... They really don't put up much of a struggle. No. Well, well, they're they're paralyzed. But, I, I suppose. But the Joker does the classic villain thing. Where he starts doing the bad thing. And then he leaves. Yeah. He leaves his henchmen named Riptide. And Wipeout. And Wipeout, who we know that that's their names because it's written on their t-shirts. <laughs> and of course, Batman and Robin, I think they're almost fully encased in, in surfboards, which I, I'm not very good at science, but however... The, the boards were way too thin. So it cuts away, and we're looking at two long planks of wood. Oh, and by the way, Riptide and um, Wipeout are wearing jorts. Oh, that's important they're, to know, They're too. wearing the 60s versions of jorts. Right. But don't worry. Batman and Robin... Just when you think all hope is lost, a little spark starts to form right in the middle of each surfboard. It's it's a, a little flame, a flicker, and it starts to get brighter and brighter and brighter, and Riptide and Wipeout are wondering, what. hey, what's going on? Do you see what's happening over there? It's happening in Robins too. And then all of a sudden, an explosion. And fortunately, Batman had on his utility belt <laughs> his portable ultraviolet bat ray, <laughs> which allowed him to somehow break both his and Robin's which right. I don't know how Robin had one they on his They had a Bluetooth connection. Yeah, Bluetooth. And of course, uh, the, the two henchmen flee to go warn the Joker, and they make a, 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 an important discovery, Batman and Robin. They find Skip Parker locked in like, like a in like a filing cabinet. He's like a, <laughs> they, they hit him in a filing cabinet. And he is pulled out. Batman and Robin help him up. And I guess part of... Having your abilities as a surfer taken out of your body is you officially become the worst actor of all time. Because this I guy... I think I better look for Barbara. I don't know if it was an off day. I don't know if it was an off shoot. I all think he I was know... having some beers. <laughs> based upon his physique. But he is not convincing. <laughs> and he runs off... Oh, by the way, the fiberglass not only destroyed the quills, but also... Purged the poison from their body. Oh, yeah. No, they're fine. They're fine. 
And so Batman decides he's going to take on the Joker now. So he sends Robin to either take a cab or a subway back to Wayne Manor. So that he can get into his clothes as uh, Dick Grayson. Grayson. And so he can bring back Batman's bathing suit. (laughs) Along with Dick Grayson's surfboard. Now, I like the I just like the image of, of Robin riding the subway <laughs> back to because remember the Wayne Manor. The designs of the costumes already are pretty, particularly Robin's, which pretty is pretty scintillating. So, let's very, just yeah, say, yeah. Well, you could you could see two eggs in a hanky. Yeah, let's put it that way. <laughs> so it's important to note that then Dick Grayson shows up. So right, he Robin. goes Robin, Robin Dick Grayson goes home, and he shows up with. Batman's swim trunks and a surfboard. Now, I would like to point out... Yes, please. This is where no one does any sort of deduction. No one uses any common sense. Because Batman is always with Boy Wonder. Right. Where is he now? But Dick Grayson's here. Okay, that's strange. Dick Grayson's usually with Bruce Wayne. Where's Bruce Wayne? Oh, he's not here either. Does no one do the connection that Robin... And Dick Grayson are the same person. Well, speaking of the behavior of the law enforcement, Commissioner Gordon and O'Hara are literally standing right next to the Joker <laughs> in the uh, right because high five. Uh, is it the high five? Yeah. And they're still in disguise as Buzzy and Duke. Why didn't they just arrest the Joker? Right, th- he's the Joker. <laughs> you don't need probable cause. He's the clown prince of crime. And so Batman arrives, and he formally challenges the Joker to a surfing contest. <laughs> and because everyone has heard what a great surfer the Joker is, even though he hasn't surfed yet. Because <laughs> uh, he literally just drained Skip Parker's... And just continued white, about his day. ...this morning. Everyone else has dropped out, so it's going to be Joker and Batman, mano y mano, on the waves at Gotham Point. Now, it's important to note that these guys are really surfing. I really... I want you to understand... Cesar Romero and Adam West really, really hit the waves. Well, before they hit the waves, they have to do something important. Do you remember what that is? Oh, well, they have to get into their swim trunks. Which involves them going to the bathroom and returning with swim trunks over, over- their costumes. <laughs> so it's the Joker in his purple outfit with, I think, green pants pants on. Right. And then Batman in his full Batman attire. And he's got Batman under he's underwear got, on. He's got uh, the yellow... Uh, then he puts on his yellow swim trunks. Right. And then they go out and they hit the beach. And they, they take full charge, running to that ocean. And what happens next is the scene that you are waiting for this whole time. That, you, that the moment you were born, you thought to yourself as a zygote, someday I'm going to fight out of here. And I'm going to watch the episode of Batman where Batman and the Joker surf. And Batman and the Joker go off and surf. And, okay, there's two parts to this scene. The one part is you have everyone on the beach who is watching Batman and the Joker surf. Right. And they're commenting and they're, they're saying things like, Joker's good. What a kick turn. <laughs> but watch Batman trimming. Joker's shuffling. No, he's cutting back to meet the curl. <laughs> Batman can't meet Joker, but watch him cross the swash. I don't know what any of that means. This is also the most like 1960s beach party thing I've right. ever watched outside of the beach party movies. And while they're making these comments about cross cuts and curls, we're cutting to Batman and the Joker on their surfboards. And it's clearly like a rear projection screen yeah, it, behind it, them. And it's, you, you obviously... They're nowhere near the water. No, you, do, you don't see their lower halves. You just <laughs> see them like lifting their arms a lot. And like Batman like s- sort of shimmying right. around. Oh, there's a great part where I believe it's after the kick... What does he say about the look of the Joker doing a kick turn? Kick turn. And Cesar Romero essentially just walks along the board. (laughs) Like, it just looks like he's walking. But then there's a really fun... I was actually... When I saw it the first time, I was really excited by this callback. Oh, is this... Because there's a shark that shows up. Right. Which Batman successfully repels. Using? Using the famed shark repellent bat spray. Now, this is a real device... That Batman has used on more than one occasion. I think it was first in the in the movie, and it may have been in a few, but it wasn't used too, too much. That's where I... I mean, the movie I knew it from first. That's where I feel like it became popularized. And so Batman, as though it were election night 2020, declares himself <laughs> the winner. <laughs> he runs up the beach, and clearly... You know, I love Cesar Romero. He's terrific. 
Oh, he's huffing wind, though. But he does not know how to say cowabunga. Because he says cowabunga. 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 <laughs> now, do you think that that's the Joker's choice? Or do you think that's Cesar Romero not knowing how to I say it? I think that's Cesar Romero not knowing a lot about the surfing culture <laughs> in the mid-60s. So the Joker declares him, himself the winner. However, judges, who we never see because that would require money to, sure. to add that to the cast, give Joker one point for being the more colorful surfer, but award all the other points to Batman, including 50 points <laughs> for avoiding a dangerous hazard being the shark. And now we're only hearing about this because Dick is the uh, judge's representative. He's right. running back and forth. <laughs> he's running off, off screen, of He's course. running off camera to talk to the judges who we never meet. Now it's finally, at this point, the time to get to what is usually the end of every Batman episode. Well, let's not skip over Hot Dog Harrigan. Oh, right. Because finally, Gordon and O'Hara, they get two more brain cells. Right. <laughs> and are able to finally hear someone in a trash can they've been leaning on this entire episode. They've been they've been thinking it was the waves. And they find Hot Dog Harrigan. In his little sweater vest that he was thrown into. Who says to the Joker, you kidnapped me. And it's only at this point that anyone feels it necessary to arrest the Joker. Right. They were too convinced that we need to see the surfing contest. They didn't care that the Joker kidnapped Skip Parker and drained his surfing powers. <laughs> right. They it got they rid of his mojo. That they didn't... <laughs> that's right. You're right. That's a good... That's a good... Uh, yeah. It's only at this point, for some reason... And I've, I've watched this episode three times in the past two days. <laughs> I still cannot understand why they waited until... The, I mean, I know they had to have the surfing... I, I understand that in the real world. Right. But, but in the internal the... Logic, logic of the episode, <laughs> why did you wait? First of all, he's also out of jail. Right. He should have been in jail because he's, he's the Joker. And so the, the Joker flees back to high fives. Right. Which he acts like he's never seen before. Like, yeah. like, like as though it just sprung up from the ground, like a like a piece of corn. <laughs> <laughs> he goes, "Oh, we'll hide in there." And then I yeah. think everyone doesn't everyone run after him. Yeah, everyone on the beach. And they all go into uh, the Hang Five, and uh, this is where normally every Batman episode would come to an end. Every single Batman episode, for the most part, ends with a, a fight, fight scene. In a crappy location. And I think what felt weird is because of the fact that this episode isn't a two-parter, and I'm glad that it's not a two-parter. Yeah, no, it works better honestly. on its own. It feels strange because it's so abrupt. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. I know that the formula of a Batman episode is it always ends this way, but it feels so strange that it just sort of comes out of yeah. thin air. It kind of just ends. Like they have the fight where they're, they're kicking and throwing things. And then that this is the thing that everyone thinks about when you think of the Batman right, the pow. series. It's the pow. It's the zing. And the do you know about the pow and zing? In that is that in the second season, to save money, the pow would be like a, a title card. But in the first season and in the movie, it was superimposed. Oh. But to save film, it cuts to a title card of a pow instead of it being superimposed over the image. So they could save that itty-bitty right. bit of film. <laughs> and also, th this scene, out of all the scenes in this episode, has the worst stunt double of Cesar Romero. Even when he's skiing, not skiing, swim, uh, what's surfing. that called? Surfing. I told you, I don't know anything about surfing. <laughs> It cuts the Joker surfing. Clearly not Cesar Romero. I mean, right. you know it's not Cesar. He, he, the man is 60. He's a he's a 65-year-old Latin lover from Cuba. <laughs> he's from New York, but he was of Cuban descent. But in the fight, and there's a part where it's so badly choreographed, they, they knock Joker back, and he comes back, and he just stands there waiting to get punched and knocked down. And this is a common occurrence, though, in a lot of these fights. Is a, There's usually a lot of chaos happening in a frame, but oftentimes you'll just sort of look around and you'll see people waiting to get into the fight. Right, they're they're waiting, just kind they're, of standing there in fighting position. Yeah, and for, now it's my cue. I can go punch someone. They're all waiting for the fake punch. <laughs> and also, there, I noticed at this time, I think I noticed on my second viewing, the Joker gets knocked down. He's not wearing gloves. He gets oh. literally picked up and he has gloves. New gloves. And Joker is arrested. And again, you're right. It's very quickly amended. Ra yeah, it wraps is, up. Is, is but the Joker also is shocked when Chief O'Hara and Commissioner Gordon reveal that, no, we're not Buzzy and Duke. We're Chief O'Hara and Commissioner Gordon. And his face is, he is flabbergasted. I mean, he, I, Do you mean to tell me that no one 
could obviously tell. Wait a second. That's Cesar Romero really committed to that scene. <laughs> because how did he not know that these two old, out-of-shape fat men are not... <laughs> Those aren't surfer guys. And they're arrested, and we find out that Skip Parker is going to get his powers back. Off-screen, of course. Off-screen, we don't see there's not enough time for that. And Batgirl, by, we, we, we forgot to mention that Batgirl finally shows up in the episode. I mean, Barbara Gordon's in the whole episode. But part of the shtick with Batgirl in the series was that Batman and Robin didn't know Batgirl's true identity. And so she's always sort of showing up. And it's the same thing, like you said before, about no one using common sense. Yeah. Because Barbara Gordon suddenly is gone. But there's Batgirl. there's Batgirl. And then Robin goes, oh, no, did we miss Batgirl again? Where is she? And Barbara <laughs> Gordon comes out of the bathroom. And she's like, what did I miss? No, she goes, oh, I just saw Batgirl go through the, the, through the ladies' room. Skip, where have you been? And she's changed the subject entirely. Well, I guess we're done with and that. that's another way how funny it is if you think about it, because in this, you know, Batman is so dumb he doesn't know it's Batgirl. But in the, in the broodier comics, you know, Batman knows Barb, it's Barbara Gordon, mm -hmm. and he's brooding about it, and he's deeply conflicted that he's putting his friend's daughter in the, in, in the line of fire. Mm -hmm. and, and this doesn't even no, doesn't know. Care. Even though she has the exact same voice, looks exactly like her. And is never around. Well, he had to figure out that very clever pun about the ten toes. <laughs> Which also, by the way, why did Alfred go and print that out? No, no. The back computer automatically printed it oh, out. Oh, okay. I interpret that as Alfred was like, I've got to print out this picture of toes. <laughs> it's like, is, is he okay? Yeah, you, like, Alfred, could you have just t told me? <laughs> did you have to print out the toes? And then it cuts to a scene. Now, in season three... Rather than have the two-parter, the, the, the sort of gimmick was the end of the episode. They were self-contained. Although there were some that were multi... There was the egghead Olga, Queen of the Cossack, mm -hmm. where they try to hatch a dinosaur. Oh, <laughs> the episodes would end with a tag or a, a sort of a, a Marvel-esque. Right, a, a teaser for whatever the next the episode, episode was. And this, episode, and this one ends with the villains being in London and they're robbing... Londinium. Oh, excuse me. And, th and, it, and it leads to a three-part... This is a three-parter. Wow! <laughs> the Londinium Larcenies, the Bloody Tower, and something else. Uh-huh. Involving Glynis Johns, who you might know either from... Um, that episode of the Batman series. Oh, no, she was the mom in Mary Poppins. Oh. She was Mrs. Banks. Really? And she was the original actress who sang Send in the Clowns. In the Stephen Sondheim, a little night music. The song was actually written for her. Glennis Johns. The other person is Rudy Valley, who, if you're over 85 years old, you remember Rudy Valley. <laughs> and then the episode is over. Right. And before we watched this, Nicholas had texted me a few days ago saying, "I watched the episode and I was shocked by how much stuff went on it." I thought, "Oh, I'm, I'm excited now." And I watched it and I texted him back, "Jesus!" Because I mean, look, there's a we, lot that goes on. Yeah, I feel like we also just gave you the the spark notes. Yeah, we gave you the the, the spine of the story. There's still so much more there's, that happens. There's, di there's a lot of good dialogue. There's these ancillary characters that pop in. There's a, there's a, this kind of cat fighty rivalry between Undine. Oh, Undine sounds like the dumbest made up name you've ever heard, right? But you said that it's not. I looked it up, and Undine, Anne Undine. Uh huh comes from mythology it's sort of like a precursor of a water nymph so like ocean female oh that's dumb water nymph. that's really and really it, dumb it's like an elemental kind of like that hydro man in that one spider-man movie where right. it really wasn't hydro man it was just a guy who's <laughs> used drones right right right, right. <laughs> i forgot about that <laughs> wow that's really dumb yeah so that that's what undine is and, th and there's other stuff there's a lot of good stuff stupid stuff with uh, commissioner and, gordon and, and <laughs> this is this is kind of where i feel like the best thing to watch as an introductory test for the Adam West Batman series is the movie. Oh, and absolutely. It will very easily give you a sense of what made this show so great. And I would, if I would, I think that's the best quality episode, if you want right. to call it an episode. It has all the four big villains. Mm -hmm. Doesn't have Julie Newmar, unfortunately. No. Lee uh, Merriweather is good. good. She's good. But Julie Newmar w was, she was the Catwoman. best Catwoman. Yeah. Eartha Kid is good as well. 
not as good as Julie Newmar, mm-hmm. but it has Frank Gorshin, who was the original Riddler. Mm-hmm. Do you remember who the second Riddler was, who was in two episodes? Uh, wasn't it Mr. John Aston? It was John Aston. The movie also has Cesar Romero. And it has the great Burgess, Burgess Meredith. Meredith. who, depending on how old you are, you know You're him from... applauding or questioning. Or you know him as the trainer in the Rocky films. Right. He's Mickey. Or you know him as Jack Lemmon's father in the Grumpy Old Men movies. Oh my God, you're right. Or if you're really a friend of ours who is, is into our craziness, you know him as the... And I think I mentioned this in another episode. I don't remember, I don't remember what episode it's in. Uh, he was the original Lenny in the Of Mice and Men with Lon Chaney Jr. Mm-hmm. Terrific actor. And that's really, when even when I was a kid, the the best parts, yes, is Adam West and Burt Ward. But the villains... They <laughs> really help. And, and for those of you who don't know, the vi- every villain, most of them, was some kind of major actor... Of the time. At, or at some point. Like, right. Like Burgess Meredith was sort of tw- toward the sort of latter days of his career. Mm-hmm. But they got this extra resurgence. And they had people like Milton Berle. Oh, yeah. Roddy McDowell is the bookworm. For those of you that are Sam Raimi fans, uh, Uncle Ben played Cliff, Cliff Richardson? Uh, Shame. Who no, was, Cliff Robertson. Right, he's Shane. He was a, a, a cowboy. Yeah, he was a rip. It was a, it was a parody of the movie Shane. <laughs> this, was, this was a good joke, actually. I think this was season two, or or maybe it was season three. But is where the, the end of the movie Shane. Shane rides off into the sun. This is not really a spoiler because you're not mm-hmm. going to actually watch this, but rides <laughs> off into the sunset and there's a little boy who goes, come back, Shane. Oh. Come back, Shane. You've probably heard this. It's a famous, yeah. famous line. In the episode, I, I, I think the I The first episode he's introduced is come back, Shane. Shane. But there's a little boy, and I, I think I'm remembering this correctly, or it might have been from an interview, but I'm almost positive it's in the episode. The little boy goes, come back, Shane. Come back, Shane. You stole my radio. <laughs> Oh, that's right. No, that isn't. That isn't is the it? episode. Is it? Because there was there was one was, was a two. Oh, it was a that two was parter. But then he was in two episodes. I Separately. Think, yeah. In season three, mm-hmm. they're they're just so much fun. I, there's a dozen more villains I'm probably not even thinking of, who were were in there. And honestly, did you ever think that you would see any type of superhero content? <laughs> That involves a surfing contest, and you, you should go. We'll, we'll by the time you see this, we'll probably have posted some stills from it. There's the Funkos, right? You, yeah. Once you see photos of this, you'll have to check it. You'll out. just have to check it. But out like we say, it's crazy. Check out the movie as well, and we'll yeah. probably at some point do a, 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 a full deep dive on, on that on one. the movie. Yeah, surfs up, Joker's under. If you want to watch this episode. It's actually strangely hard to find. I had a. I thought it'd be on like Daily Motion or something. Oh really? It's kind of hard to find, but you'll you, you'll find a way. You'll, you'll I'm find sure. a way. You'll find a way. You'll find a way. So that is Surfs Up, Joker's Under of the Adam West Batman series. Uh, it really is a great one to check out. We hope that you will check it out at some point and go Kawabunga! 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 So that does it for us, as always, on Obscure Obsessions. I am. Your host, Nick Zaccario. I am joined by my cousin and co-host. Taylor Zaccario. We will see you next time. See you later. Kawabunga. Kawabunga. Obscure Obsessions is directed, written, and edited by Taylor and Nick Zaccario and is a co-production with Tan Productions. Special thanks to Anchor for podcast distribution and to Twin Musicom, Stockwaves, and Walpurnian Music for providing the score. Follow Obscure Obsessions on Facebook and Instagram, username at ObscurePodcast in all lowercase, and on Twitter, username at ObscurePod, uppercase O and uppercase P, for episode details, previews, and more.